Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Father, we thank you this day. We thank you because our eyes are enlightened. We know the mystery of God's Word. We see clearly into the Scriptures what your intention is for us and what you want us to achieve. We receive grace and understanding in Jesus' mighty name we pray. So in a couple of two days, I'm going to look at the subject of limit breakers. And one of the things that inspired my heart about this term called limit breakers was the fact that when we look at our lives, naturally there are certain limitations that we all experience. There's certain limitations, whether it's financial whether it's marital, whether it's societal, you know, like I tell people, the fact that you are a Nigerian, you know, there's a limitation. You know, sometimes you go to a place and you say, oh, um, how do I put it now? You go to a place and you say, oh, let uh, those from the U.S., you know, they can go visa free. And the Nigerian has to fill forms and forms and forms and forms and forms, you know, just to get a one month visa or something. Most of those things, they form limitations and unconsciously, as we grow up, we begin to accept these limitations and begin to live under them. In fact, we begin to refer, us, refer to ourselves by these limitations. Unconsciously, sometimes we begin to call ourselves by these limitations. And if we don't, if we don't understand this, we will not be able to understand the fact that God has called us to live a life that is beyond limits. God has called every one of us who is a child of God to live a life that is beyond limits. What that means is that there are absolute, you cannot tell the possibilities that are in your spirit as a child of God. The things that if you will join hands with God to accomplish, you will be able to fulfill in this world. You know, if we will yield ourselves to the ministry of the Spirit and to the guidance of the Spirit and to be led by the Lord, you'll be amazed at what God will do in and through you. What does the word limit mean? The word limit means a point or level beyond which something does not or may not extend or pass. A point or a level beyond which something does not or may not extend or pass. A restriction on the size or amount of something permissible or possible. So, the word limit speaks of a restriction. It speaks of to curb. It speaks of to place a cap. To say, listen, this is how far you can go. And so we discover that in every area of our lives, sometimes we experience these limitations. Sometimes it's financial. Sometimes it's in other areas. Sometimes it's in a mental uh, uh, um, state. But you know, if we are truly children of God, in our spirit are boundless possibilities. You must begin to see yourself and begin to see things from that perspective. Some of us shut ourselves out from life. Some of us look down on ourselves. We give up on ourselves. And the reason is because we have been so unconsciously bound to the environment that we subject ourselves to the dictates of the environment. In fact, 
our expectations is based on what the environment can offer. So if you are in a place like this, you already place a limitation on the things you can and you cannot do. One of the things, like I was sharing before we started the meeting, wherever I am, no matter what I do, the fact that we are in this community, I wouldn't build a local church just to suit this community. I wouldn't build my messages just to suit this community. Wherever you are in life, you must set the benchmark for your own life with a global standard. And when I mean a global standard, I'm not just talking about in the natural, but even in the spirit. That whatever you do, you must maintain the highest standards possible for yourself and for your assignments and for your mandate. That you do not become, you know, a bigger chicken in the midst of chickens when you were designed to soar with the eagles. That you do not just tell yourself, it's fine, I've attained this level, I've come to this point, and that's just okay. When inside of your spirit are dreams and possibilities and global visions and mandates that God has put in your spirit. As I was studying for this subject, one of the things that came to my mind a lot is when you look at the people God used in the scriptures, He rarely used them for their families. Hello? He rarely used them for their families. The people God used in the scriptures, what happened? He used them for their nations. Look at Abraham. Look at Jacob. Look at um, David. Look at um, Gideon. Look at Jephthah. We're going to study Gideon. We're going to study Jephthah. God, every time God puts a vision in the heart of someone, it was beyond just their family. It was something that affected the nation. God could trust people with deliverance of nations. He could trust young King David with the assignment to kill Goliath. Even though the whole army of Israel were afraid of this man. God doesn't need a group of people to get things done. He only needs a man who believes that himself and God are unbeatable partners. You know, sometimes we feel that if everybody does not go along with us, we'll not be able to achieve anything. That's not true. That's not true. If God is with us, we can do valiant things. Praise the name of the Lord. If God is with us, we can do valiant things. We must not, first of all, resign ourselves to faith. We must not resign ourselves to what life has handed down to us. You must come to a point in your life where you make a decision and say, I'm going to be a difference maker. Not just so you and your family can have food to eat, but for the destiny of others. I I used to say something. I said, whenever God gives you a vision, it's because of those who are connected to that vision. When When God gave us a vision to come plant the church here, it wasn't just because of us. Whatever we're teaching you right now, we already knew. So, but why did God send us here? God sent us here because of people who are right now affected by the vision. When God gave Joseph the office of the prime minister in Egypt, it wasn't because Joseph was hungry. At least in the potter's, in Potiphar's house, he had food. Right? At least in the prison, they would be feeding him for free without cooking. Alright? But why was God doing that? He says, for your sake. He says, God sent me ahead of you to preserve your life. God's vision for your life is for the preservation of those that are after you. 
And that's why when you play with the vision, you're playing with the destinies of multitudes. When you're careless with your assignment, when you are, that's why as an individual, nothing sets me on fire like my assignments. Nothing. Nothing. Why? Because because of this assignment, many people are finding light in the nations of the earth. Are you, are you still here? Many people, many people all over the world. We literally, I mean, we literally get messages every day from somewhere. Maybe Kenya, maybe Zambia, maybe South Africa, maybe UK. Somebody getting blessed because we said yes to the Lord. God never calls a man for himself. So listen to me. What I'm teaching you tonight is not what the church regularly teaches as breakthrough. When I say limit breakers, I'm not saying now you, you are going to have 10 cars. You know, limit breakers. You are going to have your own house. If your vision for yourself is to have your own house, you're very selfish. That's not a vision. That's the normal chicken life. What you should be thinking of is having orphanages in the nations of the earth. That's when it becomes a vision. Are you following what I'm saying? So we're not talking about limit breakers just for your own personal, you know, so you can travel with your family. So, you know, when you talk to a lot of believers and you see when they talk, you just discover that, hey, these guys, is just about themselves. There should be such a vision burning in your heart that only God can make it come to pass. Only God. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, let's look at the word break. Interestingly, Micah chapter 2. Let's go to Micah chapter 2. And I want to show you something there. Hallelujah. You're going to learn a lot today. Say amen. Amen. Micah chapter 2 verse 12. Micah chapter 2 and verse 12. I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will surely gather the remnants of Israel. I will put together like sheep of the fold. Like a flock in the midst of their pasture, they shall make a loud noise because of so many people. Now, I want you to read this now. Go to verse 13. Look at this. Verse 13. It says, The one who breaks open will come up before them. I want you to observe that word. The one who breaks open will come up before them. They will break out. They will break out. Now, listen carefully because this is, uh, what I'm teaching is, is a bit, is very important. I'm teaching you God's word. Listen to this now. It says, the one who breaks open. The King James Version. If you have the King James Version, um, put it up there. The King James Version uses the word, the breaker. He calls God the breaker. Uh, uh, fine. The King James Version says, the breaker is come up before them. They have broken up. Go back to the New King James Version. It says, the breaker. There is a name of God that Micah calls God. He calls God the breaker. The only person who also got a revelation of this name was David. And I'm going to share that with you. David called him in Barparism, the Lord of the breakthrough. Now, when we talk about breakthrough within our context of regular church... Is maybe you got a job, you got married, you got a wife, you got all that. But what the concept of the breaker here is like saying people 
uh, remember, if you go to the verse before this, uh, verse 12, it says, there shall be sound of many people. So what the concept we're trying to give here is that it's like many people are behind a particular limit. And what's going to happen is God, who is the breaker, or the one who breaks open, is going to come before them. Pay attention to that. It's important. Is God, verse 13, is God, the breaker, is going to come before them. And when the one who breaks open comes up before them, then they will break out. Meaning that you cannot break limitations if the Lord does not go before you. Listen, what I'm teaching you is not motivational speaking of mind. We're not talking about achieving success. We're talking about spiritual significance in the nations of the earth. That this is only possible when the one who is called the breaker, the one who breaks open, who causes limits to be literally chattered, goes before you. It's important that you understand. Listen carefully to me now. It's important you understand the position of God in the equation. That God is not following you. You are following Him. That's the challenge with a lot of Christians. We have so many plans we want God to bless. We are the ones going ahead. We're running after God. Sorry, we're running before God. You, 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 You hear some people talk. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I don't want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And you ask them a simple question. Have you prayed about this? They say, ah, this is not prayer. This is strategy. Okay. Is anything wrong with strategy? Absolutely nothing wrong. But make sure the one who breaks open has gone before you. You cannot achieve these things just by human strength. Look at this. They will break out. They will pass through the gate, which is a symbol of limitation, and go out by it. Their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. Meaning, with the Lord leading them. Now, I want to define the word breaker for you. Or breaker, it means parats in Hebrew. It means to break through, to break down or over, to bust. It means to break out or to bust out like from the womb or to bust out from an enclosure. To break forth, to break open. I like the third definition. It means to break over limits or to experience increase. He is the God who helps us to break over limits. He is the God who helps us to bust out, to bust open. He goes before us. The child of God has no limits in Christ. Absolutely no limits. Even people who naturally have trained their minds are achieving so much more. How much more? The children of God. Let me give you a typical example. Look at how Joseph, a young man who was sent in prison, came up before Pharaoh and gave Egypt a national solution to the food crisis. Years ahead. That can only be God. Look at Daniel. How Daniel, by the Spirit of God, served three kings. Kings were going on and off. 
But Daniel's position was constant. In fact, until the point the, 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 the king came and says that we were told that the spirit of the gods lives in you. Of course, they did not have a revelation of God. The kings of the earth recognize that the spirit of the gods, according to them, lived. A believer's mental faculty ought to be one of the best around as a child of God. You should be a very sharp thinker. Sometimes when I, I'm talking with people and I find out they are struggling to understand, I, I question their relationship with God. If you fellowship with the Word, if you fellowship with the Spirit, He will make you of quick understanding. He will make you of quick understanding. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Listen carefully to me tonight. Don't be a believer that is mentally lazy. Learn to think through things. Learn to proffer solutions. Learn to stay up late and read and stretch your mind. Build yourself so that the Holy Ghost can walk through you. Don't let your laziness be the limitation when God wants to open certain doors before you. Be ready. Be ready. How many of us are really ready for the things we're praying about? Listen, like I said, I'm not just talking about you have one car, you have a good family, you have a, a good job. So beyond that, beyond that. One day I sat down. You know, it's good to take decisions. One day I sat down. I, I buy books a lot. I buy books a lot. When I, when I left uh, Warrior and came here, I gave out a lot of my books. And I built my library. I built a, a big library. I love my books. I just love my books. I fall in love with them every time again. Before I go to bed, I just kiss all my books. I love my books. <laughs> One day I was reading a book and I asked myself, when will people also read what I have to write? Could I only be the one who reads? And today, I get testimonies from people who read my books all over. Someone walked to our bookshop today to buy a book. I was just sitting there, I was just dressed very simply. He was now telling me, Ah, the R, he has heard of this pastor. That this pastor, ah, his head. He now showed me the book the pastor wrote. He said, have I read this book? I said, no, I've not read it. He said, ah, I need to read it. I said, okay. He said, how can I be selling in the bookshop like this and I will not buy this kind of book? He was talking about my book. <laughs> in a world where there are so many receivers, when will you become a giver? In a world where there are many hopeless people, when would you be the one who gives hope? We quote a lot of people. When will you be the one that someone will quote? In a world where there are so many heroes, it looks like, oh, in those days, in those days, in those days, when will we be that generation that stands up like Peter and says, this is that which was spoken by the prophets? That in our own eyes, we're seeing the manifestation of the prophetic promises of God. Don't settle for less than is in your spirit. 
have a vision. Get God's vision in your heart. Something bigger than yourself. Something bigger than the community. Something bigger than your nation. Be driven by something that comes from the heart of God. Something that inspires you. You know, sometimes you say, I cannot wake up to read. Nothing is inspiring you. I cannot wake up to pray. Nothing is inspiring you. Oh, pastor, please pray for me. How to even read one book? I just sleep. No, you're not the ones we're talking to. If everybody was like you, the world would be full of mediocres. If everyone was like you, the world would be full of failures. If everyone was like you, the world would be full of people who will never achieve anything. Rise above that group. Rise above that group of people who are dependent. Rise above that group of people who are not propelled by vision. They are propelled by circumstance. The the abundance of money or the lack of it. Rise above that. Make friends with people who will stir your spirit to the greatest possibilities. Don't settle for little successes that we have. You have a BSc. You are now the king of the community next to the king. You have a master's degree. You are now the professor in your townspeople. You know, you, you even hear people say, nobody in my family has a BSc. I'm the only one. How can you benchmark yourself against your family? A family where no one has a BSc. Look at your rating. When your mates are already writing doctorate thesis, you know if you stretch your vision further, you will not be able to compete. In as much as we do not compare ourselves with other people, what other people have achieved shows us what is possible. I don't compare myself with him. But if he has done something, it means that it can be done. Are you following what I'm saying? We don't compare ourselves. But, but any, for instance, if someone, uh, I'll, uh, what's the name now? Is it, is it Bannister? The guy who made the four mile um, race, right? Everybody was saying, a human being cannot achieve that. A human being cannot achieve that. Immediately he did it. What happened? People started. See, people started, why? Because immediately he achieved it. He opened up the possibility that this thing can be done. Everybody started believing. What is that thing that God has put in your heart? That when you achieve, you will open the door for millions of people to believe that it is possible. Look at this. To break the limits. One of the ways we can break limitations in our life is by divine guidance. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 12. I want to emphasize this. Divine guidance. To be led of the Lord. We must train ourselves to be led of the Lord. We must learn to be led of the Lord. As a young man, that's one of the things my dad taught me. To be led by the Spirit of God. Learn it. Learn to be led by God. Train yourself to learn to hear the voice of God and follow the things that God is putting in your heart. Because I'll tell you this, for some of you listening to the sound of my voice, God is going to put visions in your heart that nobody around you is accomplishing. 
God is going to give you things that no one has done. And it's time to know and say, yeah, I know this is what God is putting in my heart to do. When we got into ministry and we're doing the things we're doing, some of the visions that God put in our hearts were not visions that anybody was doing. Three years ago, when we started Timothy Conference, a conference for just young ministers, between the age of 19 and 35, I haven't seen anyone do that. But when we started Timothy Conference, the third year, right now, we got, <laughs> right now, we got, uh, okay, so we did the first Timothy Conference, we do it every year in Worry, and then people uh, asking us to bring it to Benin City, so we did the, the, another one in Benin City. There was a pastor there who asked us to come and do it in Ira in Ekoma. We're doing it there. While we were having Timothy Conference Benin City, a pastor sends me a text from South Africa and says, hey, we think, I think we need to do this conference here in South Africa. So we're planning that for next year. And then someone sent me a text from Zambia and say, I think we need to do this in Zambia. And then someone sends me a text from all over the place. It wasn't a vision that was copied. It wasn't copied. It was put in my heart directly from the heart of the Father. And sometimes there were no funds to even do it. I did it for my own for my own funds, even though the church could fund it. But it wasn't a church stuff. It was something that God has put in my heart. That's the problem with some of us. We've got these visions. We are always looking for sponsors. Learn to pray resources to fulfill your own vision. Let me tell you this. Nobody will give to an assignment that is not already speaking. Nobody. Nobody is going to put their hard-earned resource on what is in your heart. It is until we start seeing the manifestation that people will commit the resource. It's after the third year of doing Timothy Conference. Myself and my wife used to pay for it. We'll pay for a hall. My, my dad has a church in where we had to take it from the hall. From the church, took it to the hall. We're paying like maybe 40000 a month, to, a, a day, just a day to hold the conference. The last one, I had to take it to, to, back to my dad's church because they were charging 120000 And I, we didn't have the money then. But the vision I put faithful. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Isaiah 52 verse 12. If you're not sure of what God has put in your heart, people will talk you away from it. When people look at the limits around, they will reduce the size of your vision to the size of their environment. They'll talk you down. When they see the things in your heart, they'll start telling you, no, 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 don't, no, 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 we can't do it like this. Let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. And what's going to happen? They're going to cut the size of your vision down. And then those same people will sit down and admire people out there doing incredible things and say, see what that guy is doing. See what that guy is doing. See what that guy is doing. But when you present your vision to them, they'll help you cut it to size. Don't hang around trimmers when you have a dream. Don't hang around people who help to trim your dream to size. They try to frame it to the context of their environment. When you tell them something, say, this is Nigeria, let's be real. You tell them, this is what God is putting in my heart. The first thing, how is that going to put food on your table? You tell them, this is what I feel God wants me to do. Ah, but you are a woman. You tell them, oh, this is what I sense God is putting in my heart. Ah, you cannot. Now you are a man. What will your family eat? What to wear, what to drink, what to eat has limited more people in this life than even the devil. 
You know, sometimes, I hate to say this, but you know how, why we are impressed by white people? Some of you who are still impressed by them. Well, we should be. <laughs> you know why? They just, they just pursue what is in their heart. Whether God or not. A white man can just tell you that. I just like to study ants. He will just go inside one forest. I mean, you know, even you, when you watch National Geography, you feel sorry for them. Uh-uh. What is this man looking for? Uh-uh. What is it? Tomorrow, they will make all the research about that ant. Look at the way life works. They will now start teaching you what they have researched. That if you don't know it, you can't pass that class. See how funny life is? That we are always at the mercy of those who took risk. We are always at their mercy. Let me ask you one question tonight. After you have a good job, after you have a good wife, after you have your children, so what else will be to your life? What else? What else? I remember coming into ministry and a friend of mine was telling me this and I told him, I said, listen, I just told him, listen guy, I don't want to compete with people who have cars. There are many people who can run that competition. I don't want to compete with people who have houses. There are many people who can fill in that competition. I just want to blaze a new path. It might not be a path where a car will come. It might not be a path where all these things will come. But I don't just want that to be the standard of my life. I want to measure my life by new standard. And what standard is that? By the visions I feel in my heart. I mean, if you, if you sit down across the table with me this day and ask me, what's the biggest thing in your heart right now? I mean, it looks very weird. I'll tell you simply. I've always loved to do missions work amongst people that are not my own people. If you tell me, hey Max, what's the biggest dream in your heart right now? I'll just say, listen, just pay my children's school fees. And just, I'm sure my wife will follow me, although she's hearing it for the first time. But just send me to one country. Let's just go on. Let's go and plant church among some people somewhere. That's just what is in my heart. Just walk among people. Just go to a culture. Open your house up and love people and show them the gospel and teach them the word. What if you die? Don't bring my body home. Just put it there. Do I want to be the richest man in Nigeria? <laughs> no, sir. I just want my life to count. Not count by what everybody's counting. I want my life to count by the passions that are in my heart. So you have another car. So you have another house. So you have another child. And so what? Is there something? David said, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason? Why do we allow ourselves to settle for less and settle for what everyone is settling for just because we want to fit in? Can't tell you how many people are frustrated at their jobs just because they have to make ends meet. And you know the reason why? Because some people have not even accepted that if I pursue the vision that is in my heart, I will not make money. Do you know? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Now you see everywhere is quiet. 
Do you know that pursuing certain visions in your heart means that you have sentenced yourself to the fact that I won't be a millionaire for the rest of my life? Fulfilling vision doesn't make you rich. It makes you fulfilled. Fulfilling vision doesn't mean... Listen carefully because this is where we miss it in church. Fulfilling vision doesn't mean that you're going to be rich. It just means that you're going to be able to say, I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. I did exactly what God wanted me to do. Fulfilling vision doesn't mean you're going to be wealthy. It just means that you're going to be fulfilled. That when you lay on your deathbed, there will be no out of regret and saying, I wish I did this. I wish I did that. That's what fulfilling vision means. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 12. Look at this. Isaiah 52 12. For you shall not go out with haste, not go out by flight. For the Lord your God will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. Believers are not to be hasty. You want to do this? You want to do this? You want to do this? You want to do, you want to do everything? No! Don't go by haste. The Lord will have to go before you. Look at this. He says, the Lord God of Israel will, be, will go before you and be your rear guard. What it means is this. It means the Lord goes before you and you are the middle and the Lord is your rear guard. You know what that means? When you start fulfilling purpose, you are protected. God is ahead of you and God now defends you. Do you understand what I'm, I'm saying? God is after your protection because you're fulfilling assignment and purpose. That's why Jesus says, no man can take my life except I lay down. Go to second Samuel. I want to show you something about divine direction. What I'm teaching you tonight, you have to go and bet this thing in prayer. Tomorrow evening, I'm going to talk about the life of Jephthah. Well, I'll do a bit of more practical stuff. But listen, second Samuel chapter 5, divine direction. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Verse 20, so the Lord went to, so David, sorry. Uh, okay, let's read from verse 19. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Barparism and defeated them there. And he said, if you look at the word he said, you see it in quotes, right? The Lord Look at that phrase. The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. That, that phrase that's put on quotes there is literally one name called master of the breakthroughs. In Micah, God is referred to as the breaker, the one who goes before us. In Second Samuel, he's referred to as the master. That's the literal translation. Master of breakthroughs. Meaning the one who can organize breakthroughs. Look at what, what happened now. So David named, called the name of the place Baal Parism. And they let their images there and carry, and David and his men carried them away. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephim. Therefore David inquired of the Lord and he says, you shall, you shall not go up, circle around behind them and come up upon them in the front of the mulberry trees. You know, some people think that God does not understand strategy. God is the master strategist. Look at what he told David. He said, don't go this way. Go this way. Move this way. Look at what he says. 
And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, that you shall advance quickly. For then, look at that phrase, the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so, as the Lord commanded him. And he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. David listened to the Lord. And the Lord gave him the insight, divine direction. All the plans that you have for your life, have you prayed? Has the Lord guided you on what to do? Five things you must switch. Five things you must switch. Number one, you must switch from good ideas to God ideas. If you want to be a limit breaker, you don't just execute good ideas. You execute what? God ideas. Your purpose. Your vision. You know, most times we say this. We quote this scripture. Put it up for me. Habakkuk chapter 2. You know, most times, what do we quote in Habakkuk chapter 2? Talk to me, church. What do we quote? Write the vision. Put it up for me quickly. Habakkuk chapter 2, put verse 1. We always, we're always quick to say, write the vision. But is that where the, 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 the chapter started? No. Verse 1 says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. And what I will answer when I'm corrected. Go to verse 2. Then the Lord answered and said, write the vision and make it plain. You're not permitted to write things about your life that God has not said you should write. He says, I'm going to wait. Sometimes we don't want that place of waiting. We don't want that place of prayer. And that's why we're always changing visions. You understand what I'm saying? You just like, this year, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You meet a bit of obstacle. Huh? I'm not doing that again. I'm going to do this. I'm you meet a bit of obstacle. Ah, God forbid. Who told me to even write this? I'm re- no, 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 no. The first thing is not to write visions about your life. The first thing is to stay in the place of prayer. You're praying and say, God, who am I? What have you called me to do? Listen, look at it. Verse 3. Look at verse 3 quickly. Look at this. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at, at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. You know what God is saying? Whatever vision I put in your heart, sometimes it's going to look like that vision is not happening. He says, but wait. God will tell you, man, you are a mighty man of valor. God, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. Hey, man, ten years. It's looking like, hey, man, God is a liar. If you wrote it about yourself, you'll get tired of waiting. But if it was something that God said to you, when all hell is broken loose against you, you stand on the prophetic promises of God and say, God said this to me, he's not going to lie. And you keep waiting and the Bible says, at the end, the vision that I told you to write about your life will speak. Are you still here? I mean, we've been in ministry for 10 years. Myself and my wife, we've been in ministry. We're in ministry at the same time. been in ministry for 10 years. Sometimes after 10 years is when the Lord is beginning. When things that the Lord said to us is beginning to come to pass. After 10 years. If we had set ourselves in ministry, man, we would have long time ago just throwing the towel. There were days where we had to literally wait. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? 
You don't write visions about yourself. I want to be rich. Why do you want to be rich? My father suffered a lot. I want to show my uncle that God can bless me too. Rubbish. That can't sustain you. Why do you have seven children? My father did not give birth to a lot of children. We are the ones to complete the family name. Don't let them die of hunger. That's not enough. You know, some of you want to get wealthy so you can show people that treated you badly. That's not enough vision. That's not even a vision. That's revenge. Somebody say, oh, the best way to answer your enemies is to be successful. This thing is not about enemies. This is about God creating us with a purpose that's bigger than us. It's not about what someone has done or what someone hasn't done to us. This is about something that God wants to birth on the earth. I want to do this so that, we're not doing anything so that, no, we're doing it because God is asking us, of us to do it. We're doing it because it's what God has called us to do. We're doing it because this is where we need to fit in. Listen, saints, I don't, I don't care what happens in my life. I don't care the number of mistakes I make. I don't care whatever happens. I'll be in ministry for the rest of my life. Take everything away. There's nothing else I can do. Nothing else interests me. Nothing else than the preaching and the dissemination of God's word across the nations. I don't have many goals. When you are a man of vision, you now have only one goal. To see that vision come to pass. I have 30 goals before I'm 30. I don't have 30 goals. For this cause came I into the world. Not causes. For this reason was I born. Not reasons. What's your overriding passion? What's God leading you to do? What strategy is God giving to you? Praise the name of the Lord. I'll repeat it again. Some of the purposes that God is putting in your heart will never make you rich. If money is your driving force, you might never fulfill your dream. Imagine, as we're sitting here, right? As we're sitting here today, God puts in your heart that there are children in the creek without quality education. That you should go and build a school for them. Would you ever become a millionaire? No. You may even have to sell your little goods to go build a school. But you know the reason why God is not saying that to everybody? Because we live in a materialistic culture. No. What's the dream that God is giving all of us? My son, you are going to be richer than Dangote. I, the Lord, has spoken. My son, you are going to have this. You are going to have that. Why is it that everything that God speaks to us is about what we will have, not what we will do? You know, when David did this, I don't have time. I want, I want, to, I want to wrap up. But when David did this, you know what happened? He broke down the images of power. He brought righteousness to the nation. This thing is bigger than us. <laughs> Praise God. I remember when we started, when we were getting married, and we're talking about the number of kids we'll have. So personally, I, I was like, oh, we're going to have one, one child. And my wife said, oh, we're going to have two. So if you see the space between Zara and Caris, it wasn't, those were the space of, um, how do I call it? It was the space of, 
interaction. Should we have one more or we should stop? Because for me, I was just fine with one child. Simple reason. I'm going to travel a lot. And I'm very particular about my family. I don't want to travel and I'm thinking my child is out. So my own is just to have one quickly, quickly, quickly raise him and send him out quickly. And then I have my freedom to travel. I can just travel with my wife. I'm like, Pastor, when are you coming back? December. Do you understand what I'm saying? Everything around your life should be driven by purpose. Who you marry. You are no longer marrying for size of hips and eyes and... No! You are marrying because this woman can help me fulfill purpose. And can pay the price for the fulfillment of my purpose. You're not just marrying because he said, I love you. No! It's not just about love. It's about what God is calling us to do. Sometimes... These assignments will threaten everything around us. Sometimes the devil will unleash its greatest fury against us because we're born for such a time as this. Sometimes you will deny yourself. Sometimes you will walk away from relationships. You would walk away from friends. You would walk away from opportunities. You would walk away from what everybody's running after. Just because of the dream that's in your heart. Sometimes even your parents will think you're mad. Sometimes when your parents are expecting to start reaping the fruits of their labor, you plunge yourself into an unending path that looks like you'll not be able to help them. That's why not everybody can be a limit breaker. Majority of the world would live within the limits. It's comfortable. It's safe. It's okay. It won't disturb anybody. It won't make anybody get angry. It's just fine. Majority of the world will settle. Haven't you shared some dream with some people and they now ask you, what are you looking for? What are you looking for, Seth? You have a car. You are married. You have a fine wife. What are you finding? Ah, you are running away from what people are looking for. No, we're not running away. We're running towards something. Look at this. I'm, I'm going to stop here. Tomorrow I'll continue, with, um, continue from here. You must, ro- you must move from societal assignments to spiritual assignments. Move from assignments that society has placed on you to spiritual assignments that God is putting on you. Move from self-direction to God-direction. Move from just directing yourself to God directing you. Move from self-dependency to God-dependency. I'm always inspired by the life of Judge Muller. Go look for his history and read. You know what Judge Muller said? Judge Muller started an orphanage. Fed over 10,000 children and said, we wanted to do this as an act of faith. To show that God will answer any man who has faith. Moving from self-dependency to God-dependency. Move from self-led to spirit-led. The limitations around us will only respond to divine initiatives and divine directions. People that have been equipped and empowered by God for the impossible. The anointing of God invested in, in us for his assignment is what causes limits to be broken. Limits are broken when you are God-instructed, God-empowered, and God-directed. Isaiah chapter 48 verse 17 to 21 says, ah, I'm the Lord that God that teacheth thee to profit. To teach you to profit. 
To teach means to be taught, to be trained. So I'm put up Isaiah 48 for me. Isaiah 48, 17 to 21. I'll just read that and then we close. Isaiah 48. I'm the Lord that God who teacheth thee to profit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you still here? I said, are you still here? Isaiah chapter 48. Thank you, Lord. We must come to that point. Let's read from verse 17. Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, and the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go, by the way you should go. Oh, that you have heeded my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river, and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your descendants also would have been like the sand, and the offspring of your body like the grains of the sand. His name will not have been cut off, nor destroyed from me. Go forth from Babylon, free, flee from the Chaldeans, with a voice of singing. Declare, proclaim these, utter it to the end of the earth, says the Lord. Say, the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob, and they did not thirst. When he led them through the desert, he caused the waters to flow from the rock for them. He also split the rock and the waters gush out. To split the rock and allow waters to gush out is impossible. That's breaking tremendous limits. I want to challenge you tonight. Listen, saints, don't live the low life. Don't leave it. Don't leave it. I know you're going through a lot in your life right now. But stretch. Stretch. Read more. Pray more. Study the word more. I'm still hungry for knowledge. But a few days back, I sat down and I looked at myself and I told myself, come on guy, you can do better than this. There were days we would read books. We would be falling asleep. We would stand and just read. Not school books. Not school books. Books to make us better. When you see people changing the world, why don't you ask yourself, why is that not me? How long are we going to clap for world changers while we keep sitting behind the limits? How long are we going to applaud those who are making the world a better place? Let's not stay within the confines. I like taking risk. I'm still taking some risk. I still hope to take some risk in the future. But you know one thing I told myself? When it's time to go be the father, I don't want to have one iota of regrets of what I thought I should do that I did not do. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? The world is before us. The nations of the earth are before us. Praise God. This is not about, you know, this is not about going somewhere to have a better life. Our goal is not for a better life. We want to please the master. If God's assignment will take us to the village, that's where we want to be. Are you following what I'm saying? If God's assignment will take us somewhere, it's God's assignment that brought us here. It's not because we... I'm not sure if there's anybody who wants, who is out there. I mean, I'm not talking about people here. But I'm not talking, I'm sure if there's anybody who is out there, who is a minister, who is not looking for a job, who is not a petroleum engineer or a gas engineer. I'm not sure anybody would say, oh, I want to go to Bonnie Island 
and spent 10 years as well. I'm not sure they said it as a goal. When there's Lagos, when there's Potakot, when there's Abuja, even the indigenous of the land, they already are, are on your mark by the waterside. Everybody's ready to cross, including those who own the land. So you can't set it as a goal. It can only be God who redirects your path this way. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why, that's why we're not complaining. Because we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. And we obey his command. If he wants us here for the rest of our life, from here, we will touch the world. Maybe because of us, they'll start putting it on the map. Not just because of the gas. You know that this whole place we are living can be on the map because of the natural resources, not the human resources. Do you know that the world can know where we are living because of gas, not because of human beings? But we can rechange that. We can cause a revival to happen and the whole world will search for this place. You can live such a unique life and the whole world will look for this place. When you see the places where people like Nelson Mandela were born, it wasn't because of what they had. It was because of who they produced. Everybody around the world knows Benin City. Why do they know Benin City? Because of the Archbishop Benson Idahosa. That's why they know Benin City. Remember when Brandon came, those of you that came to camp, and I'll close here. When Brandon came, one of his first requests was that he wanted to see the grave of the Archbishop. So he had to land in Benin. And even me, who is in Nigeria, have not been there before. <laughs> you know, but that was his first request because they've just heard of a man called the Archbishop Benson Idahusa. So we had to go to Benin and see where the Archbishop was laid to rest. But you know the story of the Archbishop? I'll talk about him more tomorrow. But you know the story of the Archbishop? Go read Fire in His Bones. His father literally, he was so sick, his father literally said they should throw him away. So they put him in a refuse dome and left him. And the compassion of the mother, the mother went to pick him back. Go read fire in his bones and see how the archbishop lived through that whole terrible scenario and became one of the most respected ministers around the world. There is, listen to me, there is no nation. God is helping me to preach in a lot of nations. There is no nation I've gone to preach where somebody does not ask me of the archbishop. In fact, it was because of the questions they were asking me of the Archbishop that I had to now read about him. So, man, we heard about the Archbishop. And they asked me this and they asked me this. And it's when they are telling me that I'm knowing. So when I got back, I had to buy his biography. And funny enough, his biography was written by a white person. Saints, there's more to us than what to eat, what to drink, and what to wear. Let's pray. Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng.